the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. As we get underway at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this free-for-all Friday edition of The Authority, it's the 13th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. That would make it Friday the 13th, but uh, that's not what, not what's, let's try that again, that's not what's scary. It was more scary on Thursday the 12th yesterday as the kangaroo court was in full session all day long. Marathon. Going to get all of the arguments, all of the motions to amend the articles of impeachment in the Judiciary Committee and have the vote last night so that the members uh, can get out today and get back uh, to their districts so that they can talk to their constituents and so on and so forth over the weekend. And instead of calling that vote last night, after all of the shouting and all of the arguing and all of the debating, Jerry Nadler, Captain Kangaroo, the leader of the kangaroo court decided there aren't going to be enough people watching us vote to impeach the president. There's not going to be enough people awake at nearly midnight Eastern time to watch us impeach the president. So what we're going to do is hold off that vote until tomorrow. We're going to hold off that vote until tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then we'll have our vote when there are going to be more TV cameras around. And that's what led to the ranking member, Doug Collins. He didn't say those words, of course, Nadler, but Collins knew exactly what was going, and that's what made him go off. The integrity level of this committee has been, the the chairman's integrity is gone. His staff is gone. This was the most Bush League thing I have seen forever. And if the American people wondered about this impeachment anymore, they don't have to wonder anymore. They saw what happened right here tonight because this committee is more concerned about getting it on TV in the morning than it was finishing its job tonight and letting the members go home. 
And that is 100% accurate. So much to dive through or dive into today and get through. I uh, appreciate you being here. Um, Doug Collins is 100% right. This is about television cameras. This is about making sure that people in the morning can watch this. And why? Because they are desperate. The left, the, the Democrat Party that is pushing this sham impeachment, that is running this kangaroo court, they are desperate to get Americans to care about this impeachment because they know that they don't. The American people don't care about this impeachment because they know it's an illegitimate impeachment, because they know it has nothing to do with the July 25th phone call to Ukraine, because the Democrats have been plotting and planning to carry this out for political reasons ever since and before Donald Trump won. There, There is just no debating that point. The American people are tuning this out. They don't watch it even if it is in the morning. The ratings for all of the networks that have gone 24-7 on impeachment, like CNN and MSNBC, are abysmal. And that's on a good day. They're getting abysmal ratings. And other days, it's worse than that. The American people don't care about this this nonsense. That's the, the honest-to-God's truth. The American people simply do not care about this impeachment sham. And that is why they are desperate to get it on in front of more eyes this morning than to do it last night after people had gone to bed. Laura Ingram on Fox News Channel expressed that very well. And on that infamous clapback. I mean, look at that. That's the way you clap when your husband finally puts the... Okay, I'm not sure exactly why these uh, audio clips are glitching out on me, but uh, Laura Ingram last night spoke on this and explained exactly what uh, I was just talking about. By getting sucked into impeachment, Ingram said, and I'm just going to read it to you instead of play it for you since we got a glitch, Nancy Pelosi also walked away from common sense. Now, at times in the last few weeks, even in the last month, she looked like Her body was actually rejecting impeachment like a bad organ transplant. She knows that this is a loser for her party. She knows that, and this is me now, not Laura. She knows that this is bad for business for demon rats. And they are desperate to make people really, really care about this thing and desperate to make people hate Donald Trump and want to remove. But the the majority of American people, the polls continue to shift the other way, don't want that to happen. The American people are pretty doggone happy with the economy where it is, with the job rate, with joblessness rate where it is, with the wages where they are, with 401ks exploding, with the Dow growing, uh, with the fact that a trade deal is being agreed to, and it's going to make things even better, with the fact that the USMCA has been passed. The American people are thrilled with the way things are going under Donald Trump. The military has been rebuilt. The courts are being stocked with true originalists. I mean, all of these things have led the American people into believing this is ridiculous. And the left knows it, so they're trying desperately to make it relevant by trying to get it on prime time, not prime time, but uh, morning news time today at 10 a.m. as opposed to voting on this thing last night. That's what this entire uh, delay from last night is all about. Now, I want to share with you a piece of audio from the aforementioned Nancy Pelosi. This is not from Laura Ingram. This was a different interview that um, Nancy Pelosi conducted, which is more important, in my view, this very short clip you're about to hear, is more important in understanding the impeachment sham than anything that was said in the Judiciary Committee hearings with Nadler, 
with with uh, 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 ranking member Collins, with for many of them. This is Nancy Pelosi in an interview setting admitting the truth. It's rare. It's rare when they do it, when they admit things, uh, you know, admit the truth. And so when they do, you better be listening. Listen to Nancy Pelosi. One of the biggest criticisms of the process has been the speed at which the House Democrats speed? are moving. If this is, but seriously though, seriously. It's been going on for 22 months, okay? <laughs> you know, two and a half years, actually. Did, did you hear that? In response to criticism that the Democrats are speeding through this process, trying to get this thing voted on quickly, trying to get uh, impeachment done um, before they have to get into the primary season and debates and so on and so forth in the spring. In response to allegations that they're speeding through this, Nancy Pelosi inadvertently admitted the truth. She said, speed? This has been going on for 22 months now. Then she changed 22 months to two and a half years, which is even more. She admitted that this is not about a July phone call to Ukraine. If this impeachment was about a July phone call to Ukraine, the most that she could say that this has been taken has taken is just about five months, maybe five months. That's it. When the whistleblower came forward in early August, actually, we're talking under five months. That's how long this has been going on. But what did Nancy Pelosi say? What did she say about allegations that this is taking or that they're uh, speeding through this? One of the biggest criticisms of the process has been the speed at which the House Democrats are moving. If this is, but seriously, though, seriously. It's been going on for 22 months, okay? (laughs) Two and a half years, actually. She, She inadvertently admitted that this isn't about the July phone call to Ukraine. Then she would have only said, look, this has been going on for four and a half months. But she said it's been going on 22 months. 22 months ago, there was no July phone or no uh, uh, Ukraine phone call. 22 months ago, there was no President Zelensky in Ukraine. 22 months ago, what could they, how could they have been imp- trying to impeach Donald Trump for a Ukrainian phone call? And the answer is, of course, that they weren't trying to impeach him for a Ukrainian phone call. They were trying to impeach him because he won the election. That's it. Because he won 302 electoral votes. Because he won over 30 states. Here are the two articles of impeachment that the Demon Rat Party of the United States of America, the majority in the United States House of Representatives, have introduced against the president. Impeachment Article 1, he won the election. Impeachment Article 2, they can't beat him in 2020 for re-election. That's it. Why are they impeaching the president? Because they, he won the election, that's his first offense, and he's going to win re-election, that's his second offense. Therefore, we must impeach. This has nothing to do with Ukraine or in, uh, uh, an investigation into Joe Biden or Hunter Biden and how that may be influencing the American election and somehow damaging the, um, uh, the, our democracy, our system of democracy. This has nothing to do with any of that. It's about we promised to impeach him if, if we lost the election. If Hillary lost... We will impeach him. 
If he wins, we will impeach him. That's it. My goodness, it's one thing for Bob France to say this on Cleveland radio. And I said it on national radio uh, on Wednesday in for Dennis Prager. It's one thing for Sean Hannity to say it on Fox News to millions of people. People can dismiss us as being conservative, Trump-supporting partisans. Okay, now that's not fair because none of the things we're saying are made up out of whole cloth. The things that we are saying in our partisan manner, myself and all of the other hosts on this network, as well as the uh, hosts on Fox News and in some other places, uh, our, our opinions are all grounded in facts. We're not just making things up here. But still, they can say, well, they're Republican-supporting partisans. Okay. To hear Nancy Pelosi admit it is an entirely different ball game. It's a game-changer. Nancy Pelosi's not a conservative partisan. Nancy Pelosi is one of the architects of this sham. And she admitted almost inadvertently because she didn't really understand what she was saying when the interviewer said, you know, some people are saying they're critical of the speed that you guys are going at right now. And she said, speed? (laughs) This has been going on for 22 months. We started this two and a half years ago. Oops. I mean, you can almost hear in her head, you know, something's two neurons just fired together and said, ah, what did I just say? I just admitted we started trying to impeach him two and a half years ago. Holy goodness, I just admitted that this impeachment is politically motivated, not national security motivated, not protecting our Constitution motivated, not protecting democracy motivated, not Ukrainian phone call motivated. I just admitted we've been trying to do this for two and a half years. I want this to lead every newscast in America. I want that audio I just played for you to lead every newspaper. Well, you can't do it in a newspaper, but on the newspaper's websites, I want it to be uh, to be everywhere. Nancy Pelosi just admitted we've been doing this for 22 months. I mean, two and a half years. Oops. I mean, uh, four and a half months since we heard the phone call. We were taken aback. Ooh, we, we, we heard a phone call. We, well, uh, we didn't hear it, but um, a whistleblower did. Well, uh, he didn't hear it, but people who did hear it told him that this is what they heard, and... Uh, it's dangerous for America. Donald Trump told Zelensky, uh, we need you to do us a favor here and look into the corruption of your own government here before we send you $450 million or whatever the number was. Oh, my gosh, we have to respond to this. This is this is taking us all by shock and by surprise. We have to respond to protect our country, protect our democracy, protect national security, protect our elections. Nancy Pelosi blew all of that out of the water. All of it. When she declared, this has been going on for two and a half years, how on earth can we allow this to stand? One of the biggest criticisms of the process has been the speed at which the House Democrats are moving. If this is, but seriously though, seriously. It's been going on for 22 months, okay? (laughs) Two and a half years, actually. How is this not the lead story everywhere? Speaker of the House admits... Trump impeachment sham is politically motivated and started two and a half years ago. My goodness gracious. Again, I've been telling you it started two and a half three years ago. Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, Gorka, we've all been telling you that. But it's one thing to hear it from us. It's another to hear it from the speaker herself. Need you. To respond to this, join me, 216 901 888 281 1110. 
Got a lot of time for you to get on the air and also to message me on Twitter, Facebook, and Parlor at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. All one word, no spaces, no underscores. Right back after this. Kick it in. Yeah. Sing it, Hulkster. I love when, uh, if you've ever seen the video of this, by the way, Hulk Hogan actually playing guitar and singing to this song or lip syncing to this song. That's, uh, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, Thanks for joining us on AM1420, The Answer. Um, Nancy Pelosi has said this is all about politics, not about national security. I cannot play that for you often enough. When they tell you these things about themselves, it's time to believe them. And what that does, if I can make it as plain as as possible to say, is it just discounts every word you heard from Adam Schiff about how we have to, with a heavy heart, uh, do this. Uh, impeach the president because of the danger he poses to the Constitution, I mean, to the fairness of our elections. Everything you heard from Jerry Nadler, everything you heard from all of the liberal quote-unquote fact witnesses that didn't witness anything in all of these hearings, all of it was they con- they're concerned about the Ukrainian phone call. You now know that you can just pay no attention to it, discard it with last night's trash. Just get rid of it. It doesn't mean anything. She told you. This began two and a half years ago. Now, we knew it anyway. We heard Al Green. We heard Maxine Waters. We heard so many of the um, uh, demon rat members of Congress. We heard Sharia Tlaib on her way into Congress, literally on the day she was sworn in. She swore her oath. She screamed, we're going to impeach the mother blanker. This started two and a half years ago. And now they want to tell you, no, we're doing this because of what we heard on a July 25th phone call. It is just that much trash. Matt in Cleveland, getting him in before the bottom of the hour. Hi, Matt, go ahead. Hey, Bob. Anybody that that has uh, an IQ above an avocado knew since the morning of a million tears, the morning he was elected, (laughs) that this was coming. And But the time for talk is done. It's time to start taking action. And the the way that I've started doing that is I contacted the Ohio Republican Party, and in my district, uh, Marcy Kaptur is a representative for Congress. Yeah, and I said, who who do we have that's running against her on the Republican side uh, in 2020? And they sent me a list of three names. So I researched those names and decided, okay, uh, Laverne Jones Gore is my person. And I spread that name everywhere I can on social media, including Marcy Captors. Uh, no, 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 no. Hold Twitter. on a second. Hold on a second here. Um, Laverne is running against Marsha Fudge. She's not. She's 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 running in Marsha Fudge's district. She's not able to run against Marcy Captor. Wrong district. Well, that, that was the, the one of the names that they sent me. I don't know. I don't know why they would do that, Laverne, because I I know I, I I met with Laverne and I met with um, uh, another representative from the Republican Party, the Ohio Republican Party, and she is running against Marsha Fudge. So I don't know where well, that's they got a heartbreaker. This. 
Yeah, no, it's not actually because I think she is a terrific candidate against Marsha Fudge. She That's is what, a... what I'm saying is oh, I thought oh, she was a terrific candidate. I was looking forward to to screaming her name from the rooftops. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it, it's great. Now, first of all, um, with respect to Marcy Captor, strangely, <clears throat> she has been very silent on all of this, you know, stuff because she's not on the the relevant committees apparently uh, to to be too heard too much about this. Uh, and I do want to get rid of, rid of Marcy Kaptur, don't get me wrong, but she's largely inconsequential in what's going on in the impeachment, other than the fact that she will vote to impeach. But um, but Marcia Fudge has been a pain in, a, in the rear end for a lot of reasons. She is one of those who wanted to introduce articles long before the July 25th phone call. She is somebody who needs to get got. She needs to be booted from her congressional office, and Laverne Jones-Gore may be just the right person to do that. I told you, I met with her. Uh, I had lunch with her and a representative of uh, of the ORP, and I'll tell you something, I like her a lot. I do. She's got a lot going on. She's got a lot going on. We can talk more about that as time goes on. But, uh, but yeah, she's uh, she's going to be in this race, and there's going to be some other Republican names in it, too. But she wants to take out Marsha Fudge, and I think she can do it. 931, quick uh, check of your news. Right back. I want to hear from you at 216-901-0945, on The Authority. Nine thirty-five. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Appreciate you being with us. Want to get another call or two in here before I switch gears in a very abrupt way, and I'll tell you why in a moment. John in Chardon wants to react to the impeachment sham, the kangaroo court, which was delayed until today at ten o'clock for maximum television coverage. Hey, John, go ahead. Yeah, Bob. In addition to to what you're talking about, did you see what Nadler said? And I can't. It's hard to paraphrase. But he said in so many words that the you know the American people don't know what they're doing. We have to, we have to help them along and uh, uh, you know make. No, sure I think what you're thinking of. I think what you're thinking of is he said that we can't trust um, um, the election in 2020 to get rid of Donald Trump, which is why we need to impeach him. He says not because the American people are stupid. He's he's walking that fine line. He says because Donald Trump will rig the election. In, in so many words, he said, or not in so many words, but direct, in, uh, paraphrasing him, he said, we cannot trust that the election will be on the up and up if Donald Trump is a part of it. So, so in other words, yeah. he's going to, he's going <clears> to, <throat> he's going to solicit foreign intervention to try to help him win the way he, you know, suggesting that that's what he did last time, even though the Mueller report cleared him of any collusive activity whatsoever with the Russians. That's the suggestion he's making. That's why we have to do it. So I do know what you're talking about, but he's more talking yeah, yeah, about of course, Trump the manipulating election, than, than the people. Go ahead. Oh, what? Yeah, I was going to say, and of course, their definition of rigging the election is demanding voter ID from everybody. Yeah, Exactly. Well, and, and you know, they, they, they will ne- see. Here's the funny part about it, John, and I'm sure you realize this. The only time they feel like the election is rigged is after they've lost it. You know, if, if Hillary Clinton would have beaten him in, in 2016, they never would have been a word about quote unquote Russian collusion. They would have had no reason to use their quote insurance policy after the fact. It's that they lost. They said, okay, now we have to prove that we didn't really lose that it. it was stolen from us. Uh, if they win, you would never hear a word about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Did you see David Horowitz? He was on uh, Mark Levin's program, Sunday night program. He talked about a book he wrote, and he thought he voted for Hillary Clinton because he's a Democrat, and he thought she was going to win, and uh, she didn't win. 
So he changed the title of the book and made it Trump, you know. I did not. No, I did. I did not see that. I'm not familiar with it, John. Uh, if I come across it, I'll comment on it. But I have not seen that interview, and I do not know uh, about any any book like that. But I but I do appreciate it. I, I told you I want to pivot quickly because I do have a lot to talk about on the impeachment sh- sham and everything the thing that went on in the uh, uh, in the uh, House chamber yesterday in the judiciary. But I also want to get back to this because I teased it yesterday and I brought it up on Wednesday when we all found out that Time Magazine. The ridiculous nonsense of a 16-year-old bratty kid who is trying to tell us all how to live our lives and to try to tell industrialized nations that they should turn back the clock to the 18th century and go back to using uh, primitive um, uh, uh, technology, primitive lack of technology. And, of course, you know who I speak of. Uh, They have decided we don't just tolerate Greta Thunberg. They have decided we must now celebrate Greta Thunberg. They named this girl... The Time Magazine Person of the Year. You remember this? This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? No, we don't. We don't come to you for hope. What What are you smoking, Greta? What are you doing? I don't know what kind of bad stuff you're into, but what do you mean? We didn't come to you for hope. How we dare want you, you to shut up. We want you to sit down and shut up and listen and learn something from the adults in the room. And that was the message that Professor Jason Hill of um, DePaul University in Chicago had for Greta Thunberg in an open letter he wrote to her as an op-ed to Front Page Magazine. I interviewed Professor Hill right after that came out last month, and I feel like it's worth replaying portions of it now that Greta Thunberg is being heralded as the great voice of the next generation trying to protect this planet from the evils of industry and the evils of technology even as she uses all of the above so this was the conversation with jason hill in response to greta thunberg our guest is uh jason hill he's a professor of philosophy at depaul university he's also a showman uh journalism fellow at the david horowitz freedom center and he's the author of his most recent book we have overcome an immigrant's letter to the American people. And uh, Dr. Hill wrote this fantastic open letter to Greta Thunberg that I found at Front Page Magazine. You are not a moral leader, Greta, Thun- Greta Thunberg, but I will tell you what you are. He's here to tell us what she is now. Uh, Dr. Hill, thanks for the time this morning. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I want to ask you about your book, too, before we're done with this conversation, because I find that to be fascinating as well. But um, let's talk about uh, Greta Thunberg, your open letter talking to, uh, you know, speaking as if you were speaking directly to her, I thought was fantastic as you talk about uh, and explain exactly what it is that she is excoriating and, and what her probably puppet you know puppeteers i think who have her dancing on the end of their strings what they are trying to do to this world and that is to turn the clock back by simply ignoring the lessons that the older generations could have to teach her that apparently dr hill she has no interest in she has no interest well first of all she is um hard well she she's she's a an eco-fascist she's part of what i call the eco-fascist left and I think she's a pawn. I think they've put up a little girl because it's very easy um, to put up a child and seem like a bully if you take on a child. 
And so the eco-fascist left really are a bunch of anti-Western civilization, anti-capitalism, anti-growth. They're a bunch of socialists who want to reduce us, I think, to the level of helpless victims, take us back to the Dark Ages, a pre-industrial revolution age where we're helpless victims, uh, and they can assume uh, the managerial class socialist lordship role over our lives. This is this is a this is a, a global socialist movement that is using this child as a pawn. And one of the reasons I wrote this letter was because I think we're really committing a form of child abuse in our culture when we feed moral leadership to children. I call it the cult of deference to children. But when children are in need of moral guidance and they have put this child up to lecture world leaders when she's a legacy of an amazing technological civilization that has bequeathed to her all the means of surviving in ways that I will never, as a 54-year-old uh, middle-aged man, be able to survive. I mean, her descendants will probably live to be 120 years old, enjoy a much higher standard of health than you and I will ever enjoy. And that's because of our capitalist growth, technological civilization. She wants to take us back where we're going to be uh, don't rock the boat. Don't even build one because that will involve cutting down a tree <laughs> where we're the moral equivalent to the animal. But I want your listeners to realize that this is part of, this is not just a child speaking. This is part of a, the eco-fascist left, which really wants to shut down capitalism, shut down growth, shut down technology. And, you know, there's a vacuum. China's building a silk road that is going to navigate itself around the world and must just be laughing its head. She's not lecturing China. She's not lecturing Iran and its uranium development um, across Latin America and across the world. She's lecturing the West, um, which is doing its best, by the way, to reduce carbon emissions. Um, that's that's a little bit of what I wanted to, to, to say to her in the letter, really. Dr. Hill, um, great points. You're using pawn to chess player. I used puppet puppet to puppeteers. Have you done any of the the research on who is moving her across the board as the pawn that she is? And by the way, you're right. Using a child is brilliant because she is impervious to criticism, although you courageously criticized her. Uh, but, But you saw what happened, especially on social media, after she made her remarks to the U.N. and people like me and others uh criticized her. For her points, not for who she is. You know, and then people are talking about her autism, and now we're middle-aged white men, or at least I am. You're not, but but uh, but uh, we're middle-aged men criticizing an autistic teenager who's only concerned about the world, and and of course it marginalizes our viewpoints. It marginalizes the facts that we bring to the, to the discussion. So my question for you is: Do you have you done any of the research to figure out exactly who are the power brokers that are using her in such a way? It's really hard. I've tried to, and it's and 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 it's quite opaque. I mean, and and I I, I wouldn't want to you know say like sources behind it because because I, I would have no proof. The, the the cleverness of these groups is that there are multi there are plethora of them, and you know from the from the Green Deal movement to to various grassroots levels um, to certainly uh, um, a multiplicity of of left wing movements in Europe um, that have no problem with you know, aligning themselves, for example, with Islamofascists and all sorts of crazy left-wing groups in Europe. Um, so I'm continuing to, to write on this piece and, 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 and actually finding the actual funding that uh, is behind the eco-fascists is not that easy. But 
we know that there are climate change groups that are behind her, radical extremist catastrophic groups that are behind her. Um, no, actually tying the money directly to her is very, very difficult. Um, but one can only just make sort of like inferential associations and say legally that one is just speaking conjecturally here, that that's probably where the money is coming from, from these sort of extreme climate change activist groups. Um, but unless you know you have exact documentation, and they're very clever about how they move uh, figures. Um, so I prefer to look at sort of like the groups that actually back her, uh, which anyone can do a Google search and find the groups that back this, this the, what I call the eco-fascists and the catastrophists. Um, I think that's a, I think that's very, a great term. By the way. I, I, I think it is ecological fascism. I think that's very well said. We're talking to Professor Jason Hill, uh, professor of philosophy at DePaul University, and a Shulman journalism fellow as well at the David Horowitz Freedom Center. I want to I want to talk a little bit about again her status as a child from this vantage point. You wrote, "Children are important installments on the future." This is, of course, from your op-ed to Greta Thunberg. We have invested in you. It is you and your smug generation who think they have nothing to learn from the older ones who are failing themselves. Whom do you expect to employ the majority of you if you have neither the job credentials or the life competency skills to navigate the world? The future unemployable skipping school on Friday. (laughs) Obstreperous children. And then you point out, yes, we have betrayed you, Greta, by capitulating the world of leadership to board attention deficit children who sprout uh, spout bromides, platitudes, and slogans that a rudderless and morally relativistic uh, culture accepts because a significant number of the denis- of its denizens have become intellectual, bankrupt, and morally lazy. That is a big part of the story. That's kind of apart from the climate aspect here, which is is you know the the the, the bulk of of what we're talking about here. But just this generation, her generation, Doctor Hill, is a very very. Uh, I, I think I think it's a very da- it's, it, there's a very dangerous portent for the future if this is the generation of leaders that w- that we're raising. Well, this is the case, and I blame the professoriate. I blame the academic institutions that have become have abandoned truth. You know, our, our universities have become national security threats because they're incubation centers that indoctrinate students into cultural Marxism, into abandoning reason, argumentation, the Western canon all the sorts of criteria that we use to arbitrate truth and truth claims, these have been dispensed with as like the construct of white European imperialist racists. So these poor kids are just like thrown into radical cultural relativism where they think that they can elevate their high school opinions to the level of human knowledge and that their opinions have as much worth and value as a seasoned expert. And they're lost. They're completely lost. Every conceptual utterance, every thing that comes out of their mouth is greeted with, oh yeah, that's so brilliant, that's so wonderful, when nobody actually tells them, you know, in a, in a polite way, not to shut up, but no, you're actually wrong. And so it's the job of an adult to correct you. And, um, and they're very, they, you know, many of them are quite incurious and insular um, because they've grown up with parents who want to be their friend, not their parents. And they grow up in a culture that panders to their needs and wants rather than their growth. And I think that's a form of child abuse, actually. 
There's no um, question about it. I, and, 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 Doctor, I could talk to you about climate and about the indoctrination of our youth for hours, but I also want to ask about your book, We Have Overcome an Immigrant's Letter to the American People. I have to get a hard time out here, though. Can you hang with me for one more segment after this? Sure, sure, sure. All right, and we're going to actually cut it right there. That, this was an interview <clears throat> that I did with uh, Dr. Hill last month. What you just heard was a, a re- replay of an interview I did last month because he wrote that open letter. He called it exactly that, an open letter to Greta Thunberg, the uh, climate activist, who has now, one month later, been declared the uh, Time Magazine Person of the Year. And those of us criticizing her shrill, petulant, bratty, uh <laughs> know-nothing mouth are, of course, being attacked just as Dr. Hill and I discussed. We're being attacked because we're criticizing a child. And the left is trying to use the Baron Trump story against us, trying to say, wait a second, how dare you criticize this 16-year-old girl, this 16-year-old girl with Asperger's, no less, when you told us we couldn't criticize Baron Trump. Remember when the uh, professor from Stanford, Stanford, uh, attacked Baron Trump uh, and attacked his father by way of using his name. They're saying, well, hey, you said we couldn't attack Baron Trump. How come you can attack Greta Thunberg? Do I really need to explain this to you like you're a two-year-old leftist? Baron Trump did nothing to put himself out there for criticism. He didn't become politically active. This 16-year-old pawn did. She decided to go to the United Nations and play grown-up games. She is allowed to win grown-up prizes. One of them is the Time Magazine Person of the Year. The other is the relentless criticism of her ridiculously ignorant position from people like me. Back after this. That pretty much describes Greta, I think, right now. Greta Thunberg. How dare you? Yeah, yeah. Girl in Trouble by Romeo Void bringing us back here. Uh, let it play. Let's listen. I shouldn't be up here. <laughs> You're right about that. I should be back in school. Yes, the indeed. Outside of the ocean. Un- agreed. Yet, you all come to us young people <laughs> for hope. No. How dare you? We didn't. We didn't dare. You have stolen my dreams, my childhood, with your empty words. No. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. We didn't. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. And nobody... We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? How dare you? For more than 30 years, the science has been crystal clear. You want to see people suffering and dying, little girl in trouble? Uh, Take us back to the 1800s, 1700s the way you want to. Before all of the technology you now decry created all of the vaccines that we use to eradicate disease, cures for things like polio, etc., etc. You want to see people and die. Get rid of the medical technology that has uh, saved so many lives. Get rid of the technology to keep people uh, uh, healthy in a billion different ways. Yes, uh, you want to see people suffering and dying. You want to see us, as Jason Hill wrote, you want to see us all living in primordial swamps where we're all equal. 
us and the snakes and the tigers and the rest of the jungle swamp that we would be living in if we did not advance ourselves out of that. We would all be considered equal. We would all be, uh, you know, have the, the, the right to kill one another because, you know, we're not going to live peacefully with, with uh, apex predators. Uh, no, uh, we found a way out of that so that we could actually be uh, at the top of the food chain, if you will. And uh, that's the way it was supposed to be. So anyway, Greta Thunberg, uh, we are now being attacked for attacking her. And by the way, I got to hit this. I tweeted, if you follow me on Twitter, <clears throat> at uh, France Radio and on Facebook. I put it in both places because it's a fantastic meme. It's just a picture. It's a picture of a of a, a young boy, actually. In fact, this young boy is the same age as Greta Thunberg, the exact same age. And this picture um, has a caption. I tweeted this out about two hours ago that says, This is the face you make when someone says you can't criticize Greta Thunberg because she's a kid. And the face in that picture belongs to Nicholas Sandman. You remember Nicholas Sandman? Nicholas Sandman is the boy who dared smile as he was being harassed by the black Hebrew Israelites on one side and by the dancing Native American elder who was attacking and assaulting them with his words um, outside of the Lincoln Memorial at the March for Life uh, walk last year. Or not last year, earlier this year, rather. You remember him and the other Covington Catholic kids who stood there doing nothing but smiling because they didn't know what to make of the assaults that they were enduring? And you remember how he was described on CNN and MSNBC and all of social media as having the most punchable face in America. How dare he and his friends uh, corner and 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 uh, verbally harass this Native American elder because they're all wearing Trump hats? You remember the story? Of course, we know the truth now. Is that like always the left string, left uh, uh, wing media, the mainstream media? got it wrong they were not the ones cornering him he approached them and taunted them banging his drum drum in their face and yet these boys were considered to be the pictures of evil of white supremacy picking on this little native man nick sandman was excoriated for weeks and right now he's got three different federal lawsuits that have moved forward against the likes of cnn the washington post and I want to say it's the New York Times, but I can't remember for sure, for the defamation of character that he endured. The left said it was fine to make fun of that 16-year-old who did nothing but stand there waiting for a bus. But the left says if we make fun of and criticize Greta Thunberg, it's out of bounds because she's a 16-year-old. And before I take you to the news, I'll remind you of one other little note here. The same leftists that say we shouldn't pick on Greta Thunberg because she's only 16 and is defenseless against such attacks by adults also tell us that we should lower the voting age to 16 so that those people can help choose our leaders. Let that that marinate in your brain for just a little while. News time now. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.